co-founder of Finch and venture partner at Scalata Ventures. Welcome to another episode of the Fire Community Podcast. Joining me today is Ben Simpson of Collective Shift to chat all things crypto investing. Welcome, Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks, Shah. Thank you very much for having me. Um, sorry about my internet earlier on. Hopefully <laughs> my Airbnb internet will hold up. Oh, good. Really happy to have you on the show today. And at such a perfect time, um, i.e. uncertain time in the financial markets with the recent banking collapse and contagion fears, which in my opinion is actually a perfect advert for decentralized finance and why we need it. Um, and of course, Collective Shift is at the forefront of helping its community understand, participate and invest in the space. I'm really excited to dive deeper into what you're doing and how you're helping your members um, achieve or unlock that, um, that success within the crypto space. But before we dive in, I'd love to start with just a bit of background on your personal journey into Web3. How did you get here? Yeah, so an old friend introduced me to Bitcoin back in 2017. Uh, I was still living at home at the time. I was running a sportswear company. So we're manufacturing garments out of China and Pakistan. And when I was sending money over every month, I was losing a heap of value in the currency conversion. It was really slow. The bank would constantly block our transactions, wondering what it is. It was just an awful process. Uh, and then when this person you know, sent me some Bitcoin, as an example of what it can do, I was completely blown away. And for the next six months, I really went down the rabbit hole of like trying to figure out what this space was, but it was really difficult to figure out. Like I'm, I, I left school. I, you know, I am not a hugely technical person. So it took me a lot to figure it out. And there wasn't a lot of great information online that was simple. There's a lot of technical people talking about the technical side of blockchain and crypto and Ethereum and all this sort of stuff, but like no one was breaking it down simply. Mm. So after sort of six to 12 months of, really learning and going down the rabbit hole. I started working for a crypto company um, for three or four years in the, in the education space. And that's where I really was able to fast track my knowledge and, and find out all the problems that was going on in this space, whilst also maintaining this view of like, how does the world not know about what's going on in, in, in fair currency and why money is valued the way it is and why Bitcoin is so amazing, but yet no one knows about it. So that's where I found a collective shift uh, nearly three years ago now. And uh, we were on a mission to really try and help um, deliver really simple insights and education for people to understand this space so they don't have to read 30, 40 page reports and have an economics degree to understand why Bitcoin's important. So that's really where we're trying to help people out. I love that. And I love hearing how um, founders like yourselves draw on personal uh, experiences and inefficiencies that you've seen in the market um, and try to create something that is is far more far more simple and, and more accessible. What would you say... Um, is the key sort of differentiator. You talk about providing these simplified insights. What are you seeing that the market generally is doing in the education space um, that Collective Shift is, is approaching quite differently? If you, if you search crypto education online, you basically are met with hundreds of thousands of results of content that is not optimized to help people learn, but optimized for search rankings. So it is long ass content, right? So if you, you go to like some of the top ranking content, you know, it is just page upon page of pages of like trying to describe what Bitcoin is. And I'm not saying they do a bad job, but if you have a job, if you have a family, if you have a life, no way on earth you're able to like go through and consume all this stuff and really figure it out. So that plus what the what search rankings will show you when you you know type in search rankings is a lot of YouTubers and influencers that you know I think some post good content, but most of it's really like hyped up. 
you know, it, it influences FOMO. It pushes really, you know, questionable investments. It's, it's giving you a lot of fear as well when the markets go down. A lot of it's not research backed. It's just trying to generate more views. So the quality is not great. So what we try and do is really cut out all the BS and just give you what you need to know in a simplified format, whether it's in video, two or three minute videos, or like just a few sentences on what our analysts are saying the market's doing and how you can then implement it yourself. So uh, that's where we really found a, a gap, especially here in Australia. There's there's not really many other people in the space sort of you know delivering that that insights for investors, and that's where we've really found some success. You know, the last couple of years, I think. Yeah, brilliant. And I, to your point, anyone who's ever YouTubed anything crypto related um, will find themselves down a very deep rabbit hole and probably not a, an accurate one. Um, <laughs> I've been in that position myself, and um, that was only last you know last year. And thinking that that would be a rich source of um, educational content, which I very quickly learned was not everyone's just shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It also took me a while to to um, to wrap my head around. Um, Okay, so Collective Shift has been around for three years. Tell me more about what that community membership looks like. Um, how do you work with your members? And uh, I guess when you talk about helping them, you know, invest and and sort of put together these, you know, their, their portfolios and take advantage of different opportunities, what does that look like from a from a member's perspective? Yeah, so a lot of our members come from a place of where they've been on YouTube, they've been on Reddit, they've been on Twitter, they have a portfolio, maybe it's down, maybe they don't have confidence about what to do anymore, they've probably maybe lost some money in Celsius or FTX, and they've just lost all trust in the system. So we've built a platform where we've got a you know trusted team of six analysts that are providing content. It's a membership platform, so you get your own login and dashboard, uh, and then we deliver uh, daily insights to keep you, I guess, across what the market's doing, but also give you opportunities of where we think the the market's going. So uh, the most common mistakes we see investors make is they jump on trends at the time that it's at the peak. So for example, just more recently, crypto AI was the hot thing, right? And now all of a sudden, everyone wants to invest in crypto AI, but that's not the time to invest into a trend when the trend is hot right now. You need to be looking ahead of time and seeing what's coming up. And that's where you can really you know, return um, you know, your, your cap on your portfolio, but then also like a lot of people overcomplicate things, you know, people want to make money super fast. They get into DeFi or staking or trying to do lending and yield and all this you know, buying altcoins, all this crazy stuff where a lot of people that do that end up re returning a lot less than some of the more simple strategies of just building a, a long-term portfolio, investing in good assets and, and having a very small amount into more riskier assets. So we help people take them from where they are right now, educating them around, you know, what portfolios are working and what the strategies that we think uh, are performing best, and then take them through a journey of, of being able to fast track their portfolio in a short period of time through that platform. So you can track your crypto. We have that analysis. We have hundreds of resources. We do a, like a live weekly call with our analysts. You can tune in and ask our team questions. It's a really like, you know, closed knit community where you can really fast track your your experience in crypto in a, in a trusted environment rather than trying to figure out what you need to know through YouTube and Twitter. Mm -hmm. I like how you've described that audience as potentially being people who have already been exposed to the crypto space, understand the risks and opportunities of these types of investments. Um, I also imagine you you talk to people that are brand new at the very start of their journey who don't have that exposure, don't have that that sort of education and awareness. How do you, what do you tell them? What, what's How do you kind of introduce them to the, the landscape and helping them understand the risks and opportunities and, and maybe a good way, a good reference 
frame of reference would be, uh, you know, to traditional sort of financial markets and traditional investing in, in the stock market? Really good question. I was really fortunate enough to do a TEDx talk actually late last year on cryptocurrency and digital assets. So I spent six months trying to figure out the best way to explain this to people that may not uh, know crypto. I practice. <laughs> yeah, I practice. So I, I start with Bitcoin because cryptocurrencies are such a vast array. There's thousands of cryptocurrencies, hundreds of sectors, businesses, projects. There's a lot happening in that space. But I start with Bitcoin. I think that's the most important. And before I even understand why Bitcoin's important, I think where I started and where I think the most valuable point to start is understanding what money is and why the $20 note in our wallet is worth what it is. Because once you understand how that currency is backed or not backed and where we've been in the past, like you go back you know, 100 years ago, you could take your money into the bank and swap it out for gold. Like money was backed by gold. And we went off that system 30 or, four years, 30 or 40 years ago. And now the, the governments and the uh, central banks literally can just print money at any time. And that's what we saw happen in COVID when there was a lack of money in the in the economy. And, you know, when everything was shut down, they, they printed trillions of dollars to help boost the economy. Uh, and at a really simple level, you get, you know, cost of cost of living goes up. And I think everyone on the, you know, listening to the podcast knows that close to home that, you know, mortgage rates are going up, you know, your rent's going up, it's costing more to go to the supermarket. Like this is inflation, but yet they only report you know, inflation's five or 6%. The reality is it's a lot more than that. The equation doesn't make any sense in the real world. You know, inflation's probably more close to like 30 or 40%, even if you look at, you know, property price over the last 10 years. So if you're holding cash, you're actually losing your, what's called purchasing power. Like your ability to purchase things with that cash is going down every day, year on year because of inflation. And an alternative to that is Bitcoin, where it's a, it's it's not... You can't print more of it. It's a limited supply. There's only 21 million ever created and it's deflationary. There's the, the amount of Bitcoin that comes into circulation decreases every four years. So you get this inverse correlation to fiat currency. And although you have these massive cycles, Bitcoin is one of the best performing asset class on the planet. It's compounding at 100% growth year on year. You know, if you just buy and hold Bitcoin over the last 10 years, you would have beaten every hedge fund on the planet. Like it's very simple. So I start with that into Bitcoin and then you can start to understand the blockchain and everything behind it. But like, if you really, I, I really try and help people, you know, where, where it hits home and hitting home right now is like the cost of living is really, really high. You know, especially I know Melbourne, Sydney's really bad. I know people moving away from Sydney because they can't afford to pay for rent. So that's a, that's a place I start with. Yeah, excellent. And this kind of ties nicely in terms of bringing a few things together around what we are currently seeing in the markets. Um, help us understand how you communicate kind of to your members, you know, where, where we're currently at in this cycle and how that translates to opportunities in, in the crypto investing side of things. Mm. So crypto runs in four-year cycles you know, predominantly, and, the, and that's based around what's called the halving. So Bitcoin has a halving every four years, and that's basically around when the amount of Bitcoin that comes into supply halves every four years. And if you look back over the last- Why is that? Sorry? Why is, why is that? That is based on the code that was created for Bitcoin. So when Satoshi put out the white paper early on, Bitcoin is just a program, right? It's just software. And, in, you know, written in the software is the amount of Bitcoin that comes into production. So as I mentioned, there's 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be created. There's only about 19 million out there so far. New Bitcoin comes into supply every day, but then every four years, the amount halves. So you get this like drop off of, of supply 
and basic demand and supply metrics is more people want to buy Bitcoin and the supply decreases. That's why the sort of price goes up. Um, but yeah, the last, if you look over the last 10 years, Bitcoin runs in these four year cycles and every three, three out of the four years, Bitcoin is in the green, you know, maybe in the hundreds of percent, sometimes even in the thousands of percent, if you go back to like the early 2000s, uh, sorry, yeah, early 2011, 2012 days. And then one out of the four years, Bitcoin goes down. It goes down a lot. It goes down like 50 to 80%. That's happened for four-year cycles, three in a row. We're about to enter the fourth. And 2022 was that year that we're in the red. We're about to start a new, fresh four-year cycle starting in 2023. And look, Bitcoin's already up 70% year to date. So if you really step back, it is a simple cycle that happens, but people get really caught up in everything that's going on. And you, you know, if you're looking at your portfolio and you're down 60 or 70%, especially if you're new to crypto, it is, it is hard to, to look at, but through education and, and knowing why these things happen, you can start to step back and know where the, the sort of cycle is going. So hopefully 2023 and beyond is going to be pretty good. Yes. So we're hearing that now is a good time to plan and prepare and strategize for the future. So what, uh, what advice are you giving community members around how to set themselves up to take advantage of what is hopefully the next bull run? I think just to keep it simple, as I mentioned, I speak to so many people that make the mistake of buying 25 altcoins and 30 altcoins and they're in like these, they're trying to trade crypto and all this crazy stuff. And yes, you can do that, but it's definitely not something I'd recommend doing if you first come into crypto. Speaking to someone today that like, it, it, it happens all the time. You, we've all got that crypto friend that has this token that you should get into. And it's going to be like 100 times your money. And guess what? It's down 80%, right? So like just buying Bitcoin and some Ethereum, if you want to extend it a little bit, but even just starting with Bitcoin and dollar cost average, I've literally been buying every week for the last six years. You know, for two years, I took my whole salary in Bitcoin. And like that adds up. If you create an automated strategy, I'm a really impatient person. So I need it to be automated and and just you forget about it. You know, in three, four, seven, 12 months on, you look back at your portfolio, holy moly, I've actually, I've started to like actually accumulate assets and it's the only way in my opinion you can actually get outside of the inflation equation mm. holding good assets like investing or owning a business right they're really the only two if you hold cash or you don't hold assets you're really going to continue to decline in your your ability to uh you know get out of that inflation equation because the, the economy grows right it's growing really quickly so dollar cost average have a really boring simple strategy and um dollar cost average in bitcoin is a great way to start Mm -hmm. And outside of those boring, simple strategies, which are important to have as your foundation, <laughs> what advice do you have for those who are maybe have a little bit more of a risk, you know, yeah. uh, profile and, and yeah. want to explore? Is that something that your community facilitates? How do you advise people that are looking at individual projects um, yeah. uh, from an investment uh, basis? Yeah, so we we actually do a lot more of like the sort of the risk on stuff. I've spoken about a lot of the basics, but for those people that want a little bit more risk on, that's tends to be a lot of our focus in internally because a lot of people want that. Um, so there's kind of three sectors that we're looking at that we think over the next 12 to 24 months are going to be really popular. Uh, one of them is layer twos. I mean, layer twos are kind of like already pretty, you know, pretty well known right now. That's just Ethereum scaling solutions. So, you know, we had Arbitrum launch the other week. We think that's going to be pretty good long-term. Uh, Optimism and then Polygon. They're sort of three of um, three of our favorites. Uh, the other ones are liquid staking. So, you know, as Ethereum moved to the proof of uh, staking model, uh, companies like Lido uh, is one and I forget the other one, but, you know, liquid staking is a, a decent area. Uh, there's also 
DeFi, as you know, you, you would know um, well, Shah, there's some, some good platforms in there where you can start to earn a bit of a yield on your, your assets. Uh, and then also the gaming sector. So there's out of the $6 billion or I think it was $6 billion raised in Web3 last year, four point something of that is going to Web3 gaming. Uh, so you've got the likes of, you know, Axie Infinity, Alluvium, you know, Gods Unchained. There's a lot of like cool crypto games coming out in the next couple of years. So setting yourself up for that, not having too much exposure. I think, you know, if you're going to go in the, in the assets, you know, limiting your exposure, but you can also get there's things like the gaming index, there's metaverse indexes you can look at as well, if you're just wanting to get more of a basket of, of tokens. So yeah, that's kind of where we're looking at the moment. And what advice do you have for, because I imagine uh, a lot of your community or even just, you know, friends and people, you know, in general, um, all may consider themselves to, you know, have this kind of crypto investing interest and looking at different projects. And you're probably thinking, no, that's a terrible idea. There is a lot of FOMO and there is a lot of, um, you know, sort of this wag me sentiment Mm -hmm. that everyone sort of um, buys into with the goal just to make quick, fast money? I think, uh, look, where I made, so where I made a lot of my money in my portfolio was like during buying during 2018. And I was investing in a lot of different uh, metaverse projects before it was even called the metaverse. So like Decentraland at sort of 20 or 30 mil market cap, that ran to $1 billion plus. Um, Red Fox was another one, sort of sub 10 mil that ran to $300 million. But there was also probably like five to six that I invested into that went to zero. Mm-hmm. So that's just a part and parcel of like investing, not only in crypto, but just early stage companies. If you're an angel investor or if you're a seed fund VC, you're out of the 10 projects or 10 companies you're investing into, one or two will make all your returns. Three or four will return sort of net net. And then probably the other five are going to go to zero. So if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, that is a suit, especially early on, even actually in any crypto, sort of outside of Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum, it's super risky because the the likelihood of failure is so high. We just don't know where this space is going. So if you're looking for those risk on assets, I definitely recommend spreading them over a few different investments. But then I also really think really practically, I'm a kind of a practical person when I think about everything in life, but investing, what like what is the problem they're trying to solve? Like, what is the solution? How good is that solution? Uh, do they need a token? I see a lot of tokens out there. It's like, do we really need a token? Like, do we need to put everything on the blockchain? I don't think so. Uh, and then also the founding team's a big one. So doing a bit of research into the team and seeing their track record and seeing their ability to grow a company. Just thinking like investing in a cryptocurrency is like a business. Think of yourself as a fund manager. If you're a fund manager, how would you allocate other people's capital if it wasn't your money? I think that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, obviously at, uh, at Scalata, we do seed, in, seed investing and uh, fully recognize the risks of, of investing at such an early stage and with such a limited amount of information and traction. And um, when I do try to apply that same fundamentals to crypto projects, it's it makes total sense. And it's like, well, the, these are the, the, the fundamental questions you should ask of any project, despite, you know, Web 2 or Web 3. And I think it's very, very easy and tempted to, you know, move away from that, particularly when the opportunities come in thick and fast. And, and there is very much that feeling that it's fleeting and, you know, that there's only a small sort of window to, to get in on it. Um, so I can relate to that as well. I'd like to, um, we've just got a few minutes left here today, but I'd love to talk about uh, how you've built kind of the collection 
collective shift community and your organization is quite unique in that you are now a fully, well, you are a fully remote uh, team. So not only do your team members work um, from all parts of the world, uh, your community members are also equally global. How do you go about managing both, both sides of the yeah. equation? Good question. We, we used to have an office in Brunswick, uh, and during COVID, it was like we're spending so much money on the office, so we just got rid of it. And then a, a core value of mine, one of the biggest values I have personally, is freedom and ability to do and travel and work, you know, remotely. And I I only started doing that as about eight months ago. I used to live in Melbourne and then uh, sold all my things, packed things up, and I, I basically sold everything. So I literally have a suitcase and my golf clubs that I travel around with me everywhere. And I've been uh, right now I'm in an Airbnb and haven't had a fixed address for yeah, eight or nine months. So that flows into the, my company as well and wanting to build, because I think at a core as an entrepreneur or a business owner, like you want to build that business to create the lifestyle that you want, right? The Creating a business is the best vehicle to do that. Um, it has had some challenges, obviously being a remote company, but uh, you know, our ethos in a collective shift is a really hands-off approach. Like if you work for collective shift, you're, you're trusted from day one to achieve the things that you need to achieve within your role. And then you're given the freedom to do the things you want to do in, in that time. If you're not performing or you're not an A-grade player, well, then you just don't belong here. And there's been a number of people that have come and gone out of our organization, but you know, we've got a team of about eight full-time and about 15 part-time contractors. Uh, and it's just, there's a high standard of, of working. If you don't meet that standard, Unfortunately, you don't belong here, but those people that are the best performers, I find uh, are motivated and driven to do everything they need to remote. And, you know, I, although I'm the CEO and founder, I, I tend to see myself as a colleague with everyone else. I get, we're all in this together. And I think that's why it, it, it kind of works. Mm-hmm. And then how do you apply that same um, approach to building your community members who are, I think, majority here in Australia, but, but uh, the rest are, are overseas? How do you yeah. instill that, uh, you know, collective shift culture, um, which I think is is important, not just from, I mean, I imagine a lot of these members are also learning and supporting each other as they um, continue on their investment journey. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I think crypto helps, right? Crypto is inherently global. Like we had someone sign up from the Czech, he's from the Czech Republic and lives in the, in the Amazon doing Wim Hof lessons, oh. right? So he signed up last week. I met with it. It's like, it's amazing to hear these sorts of people yeah. and like, I have calls with them constantly and, and sort of, you know, in our membership group, we have, um, you know, a platform, you know, people can comment and talk to each other. We have like a pretty active discord and Facebook group. We have our weekly community calls where people can join in and, and talk to each other. So I think it's like, it's just being the ethos of having a, a supportive community because the bear market's hard, right? Like it's not easy for anyone, especially if you're down. So having other crypto people you can talk to it's a lonely journey if you don't know anyone in your friendship circle that's into crypto like we've all been there you, you sound like people think we're you know we're crazy so having other crazy people to talk to yeah. i think it's just a it's a good culture and it's it's what i see with with you guys as well at Defi. like just to have those in-person events and come together and, and feel normal and have other people to talk to like that's that's why i love crypto like it's very um it's very inclusive inclusive yeah, absolutely. Um, and then a final question for you. Congratulations on recently raising around. Um, obviously, it's a it's a tricky market to be asking for money. Uh, what advice do you have to other founders out there who are who are about to embark on on their cap raise um, efforts? Yeah, it is hard, very hard. I've I've never raised capital before. Probably walked in thinking it was going to be a lot easier than it was. My first 30 meetings were an absolute train wreck. Had no idea what I was doing. Um, my slides were awful. You know, my my story was awful. Like I really didn't know 
what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think we cut out there. Um, yes, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I went and sought like advice. So I, I hired on a uh, an advisor who raised capital. He's actually from the US. Mm-hmm. I did a, a fundraising accelerator out of Austin, Texas called New Chip. That was really helpful. Uh, and then I just learned as much as I could about it. I read books, spoke to other founders, spoke to VCs, spoke to angel investors. And what I really found was it's a lot about the story. I wasn't telling a good story. I was just telling a really boring, like, you know, numbers driven, you know, you know, deck. And and I turned it on its head and turned it into like a, a story of like why customers are paying for the solution that we have and the problems that they have and how many more people are out there that need this solution and really took the investors on a journey. And that was where I sort of found success. But it's a grind, you know, especially last year, it took me six months to raise the round uh hundreds of meetings i went to dubai i went to the us in australia i found it really difficult to raise here in australia uh just because of the market we were in and and you know where the ftx stuff celsius everything was just pushing shit uphill to be fair so uh, i'd really target knowing your story knowing who you want to invest in your company as well uh and then learning as much as you can about it, especially if you're a first time founder that's that's what i yeah love it yeah, excellent advice. Thank you, Ben. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but um, really appreciate you being very generous with your time, sharing uh, such great practical insights for for those who you know have have already been in the space and and are kind of looking to uh, you know reposition themselves to take advantage of what's coming, and and also to those that are brand new to the space. It seems like Collective Shift is builds a community that helps um, all, all kinds of you know different investors at various stages of their journey, and I, and I really like that person personalized um, approach that you're taking to, to stand out from, you know, all, all other sort of platforms in the market at the moment. Um, I do understand you've got a little bit of a, a, a special offer for those listening um, today. Uh, would you like to kind of talk us through what's the best way to reach you and um, what you're offering our listeners? Yeah, awesome. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm big supporters of the Oz DeFi community. So uh, we we offer 15 minute one on one portfolio strategy calls. So if you're needing some help, knowing maybe some later strategies, uh, you know maybe a security analysis of your your um, your wallet after everything that happened last year, or just have some questions and you just want someone to talk to, you can head to collectiveshift.io forward slash ozdefi, uh, and you can book in a call. I'm actually doing the the first few, so uh, if you want to jump on and, and have a chat, uh, I love helping people with their portfolios. You can jump on, completely uh, complimentary. So. Yeah, head over that link. We might throw it in the in the description. I think Charlotte yeah, put it there. And uh, uh, but if not, I, I post pretty frequently on Twitter and LinkedIn, and uh, hopefully to see some of you around the events in Australia soon. Fantastic! Thanks again for your time today, Ben. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thank everyone at home for listening. See you later. Thanks, Chris.